So the last six weeks or so, uh, we've been going through the sermon series titled Let's Go. And our weekday connect groups have also been going through the Bible study that goes along with it. Um, And both have been focusing on uh, how we can connect the unchurched to the saving gospel of Jesus. So fittingly, we wrap up this series today on Pentecost, right, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and literally brought hundreds of people to faith in their Savior in a single day. So let's begin with that text that we just read. Um, For some context, these are words that Jesus spoke to the disciples on Maundy Thursday, right, at the Last Supper. Um, And he was prophesying what would happen seven weeks later on Pentecost. So he says, But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me, because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So Jesus says that the Holy Spirit's going to come to them, and he's going to testify about Jesus. He's going to help them to finally understand what Jesus' life and death and resurrection mean for them and for the entire world. And then the disciples would go out and testify to those truths themselves in front of the entire world. Now, the word testify is interesting. Um, Another way it could be translated is to give witness or to be a witness, right? And we know a witness is somebody who um, who has seen or heard an event, right? And then they speak the truth about what they have seen or heard, right? It's someone who has valuable evidence and information, right? And they need to, to share that with everyone involved. Everyone needs to know it. And sometimes that has serious consequences, right? It would for the disciples. These are the next two verses right after that reading. So Jesus tells them he's going to send the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says next. All this I've told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, like he did on Pentecost, and he testifies through our mouths about the truth of Jesus, he is sending us out to be witnesses in a world that is hostile to God, right, and wants to be proven right. right? A world of individuals, who want to believe that they get to choose what's right for them, ourselves included. A world where you get to judge if you are a good person. How often do you hear that? I think I'm a pretty good person. Where you get to decide if it's a sin or a guilty pleasure. And the gospel flies in the face of that argument, right? To the world, we are a hostile witness 
ruining their case. So is it surprising when the gospel is met with disagreement or anger or mocking? It shouldn't be, right? We should expect sinners to sin, right? We should expect unbelievers to disobey God. Then why do we lash out in response? Returning anger for anger and mocking for mocking. Is your response to being questioned, to your faith being questioned? Hmm, that's interesting. Why do you say that? Right? Or is it more of an angry, uh, defensive response? Right? How do you feel when someone says that to you? Because when we do and say hurtful things and hateful things in response to hurtful and hateful things that the world says against us, we aren't acting as witnesses on behalf of God. Right? We become hostile witnesses against the God who's called us to testify. Right? That's what a hostile witness is. Right? It's someone who's been called to give support for a case, and instead, they, they pull the case apart. Jesus called out his disciples for exactly this kind of behavior. Right? He told them to turn the other cheek when attacked. And, in fact, just a few hours after, after our reading, he has to tell Peter to put his sword away in the Garden of Gethsemane. For as much as we think that we're unfairly mistreated, right, and we want to defend our beliefs in kind, Jesus really was the most mistreated and unfairly judged person that there's ever been. He only ever acted out of love. He only ever spoke the truth. And yet, when he was falsely accused, beaten, tortured, executed, where was his complaint? Where was his accusation against his accusers, right? The people who actually deserved to be punished. Nowhere to be found. Through it all, he testified to God's love for lost humanity and dying sinners in the greatest way imaginable. Right? He bore witness by walking humbly to his cross. Despite being God, he didn't use his divine power to save himself. Instead, he allowed himself to be raised up on a cross in front of all of those people and before the whole world so that he could die in the sight of them all of us all, so that they could see with their own eyes by the testimony of Jesus' dead body how much he loves not just religious people or moral people or people who do the things that you think they should be doing, but a whole world full of sinners, right? The very people who nailed him to that cross. After all that outpouring of 
just pure love. You would think that when he rose from the dead and appeared to hundreds, that he'd be the most loved and adored person in history. Instead, he remains one of the most hated, one of the most mocked, one of the most rejected. People still hate him. They might say they like some of the nice things that he says. But really, we despise the actual reason that he came to earth, right? And reject the forgiveness and the life that he offers. And you know what? Every person in this church started out exactly the same way. Hating Jesus. Being offended and irritated at him and at God. But somewhere along the way, that changed for those who believe now. Right? Whether it was baptism as an infant or a family member right, who shared this beautiful gospel message with you or a friend who simply started out by just showing you love. Someone spoke the gospel to you and the Holy Spirit entered your heart and you were changed by God into a brand new person who loves Jesus. And when that happened, you were given a new role. You were called as a witness to the stand, right? To testify about the Savior you love to the people in your life the same way someone did for you. Now, it's easy to get distracted as we testify in our lives, right? We stop focusing so much on Jesus and maybe get caught up in the issues, as you might hear on the news. That's the terms we use, right? We get excited to post a mic drop Facebook post showing someone how foolish their criticism of Christianity is. We forget about the heart of the matter, right? Jesus, who, by the way, loves that other Facebook poster enough to suffer and die for them. So as we testify in our daily lives, we can think about the three steps we've been talking about in this sermon series and in our connect groups, love, listen, and lead. Love the people in your life, right? Friends and foes. Every unbeliever, every person who fights against belief in their Savior is a soul, a soul in need of forgiveness, right? A soul that Jesus deemed worthy of his blood. Does a shouting match seem like the right approach to take with someone who is that valuable to God? Does debating back and forth move them any closer to faith? Or does it deepen the trench that they've dug themselves into? That's why we listen. 
Right? Allow people to freely express their objections to faith. Right? Take the time to understand how the challenges and the trials and the pain and confusion of living in a fallen world, right, full of sickness and suffering and evil, leaves people doubting God's existence or his love. Then lead. Lead these hurt and confused and loved people to their Savior. It doesn't mean answering every philosophical or theological question that could possibly come up. All it means is letting people know that Jesus loves them and died for them. Being God's witnesses can feel intimidating and overwhelming. Jesus knew that his disciples would feel overwhelmed. Right? That's why this section is so comforting. He tells us exactly what to expect from a world completely opposed to their God. Right? There are no surprises when people reject God and are angry at you for believing. And he promises to send the Holy Spirit. And then on Pentecost, he did send the Holy Spirit who would use the disciples as mouthpieces to testify. You have that same spirit of truth working in you. When you love and listen to the lost people in your life. And he speaks through you when you lead them to Christ. Right? It's with the confidence of that promise right, that it isn't me, it isn't you, it's not up to you to find the right words. It's the Spirit working in us and through us as we go out from here this morning into our summer, right, into your camps, into work, that we can all, as a church together, as a fellowship of believers, we can say, let's go.